Hello once again, I'm Mario the Artisan Rogue, and this is Radio 74. So tonight, I just want to touch on, this is going to be kind of a generalized subject, and kind of just a, this is very stream of thought, you know, stream of consciousness, kind of like just an open-ended kind of just mental dump. So, might come off a little rough, but uh, I want to see how this goes. Um, it's been a little while since I've, you know, been able to find the, you know, mental calmness and fortitude to be able to want to record again. So, okay, first, let me go ahead and start off on that. For the last few, oh, it's probably been about two months or so, um, I had decided to take a bit of a respite, some rest from just, you know, there's there's this whole thing that happens whenever you're trying to do social media, when you're trying to do self promotion, when you're trying to stay relevant in this, you know, when it seems like you're just shouting into the void, when you're just trying so hard to get either your opinion, your creations, your content, whatever it is to register. It really is a very barren wasteland that is loud, right? And I know I can't be the only one that thinks this way. In fact, um, you know, to uh, to support that, there's been quite a few people who I follow on social media. And I'm talking people that have, you know, followings that range from between, you know, maybe a couple hundred people on Instagram to tens of thousands on Instagram, YouTube, whatever. And I've seen this thematic aspect that's repeated itself over and over again and uh it and so the heart of all that comes down to one thing becoming worn out burned out and just completely and totally overwhelmed even when you don't think you are so there's a lot of ground to cover here and i'm going to try not to ramble on too long tonight i'm going to try and keep this succinct and to the point as best as i can so with the whole thing of of burnout, it is a very real thing. I had gotten to a point to where I was trying to do a lot of different things. And this included working on my freelance and some other contract work I had, as well as just getting my own personal projects done. And I had been stuck in a bit of a creative rut with trying to get some writing done, as, also, as well as also trying to figure out, like, what artistic direction I wanted to go in. And recently I started experimenting with some new styles, with some new things and also understanding, you know, what it is that I wanted out of this. Like, where did I expect to be? Where did I want to take this? Because the thing is, is that, and and I don't know if this is true for necessarily everybody, you know, um, but for myself, there are times whenever maybe a particular project I'm working on, is reliant on me being able to execute a particular stylistic change, or maybe I adhere more to a certain color palette, or there's just something about the format that it takes. There are times whenever I create that I will either write a song or I'll do poetry. Um, Though there's the majority of the time that it is just really rough sketches and never sees the light of day. There's other times now that it's outlets like doing this podcast or producing video content for the YouTube channel or now even TikTok, which I had taken the biggest break from. For a while, it would just 
and I had been talking to a buddy of mine and I told him, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do enough TikToks that I'm releasing three, uh, what was it? Three 58 second videos a day. And that had been the goal for this month. I did not No, it was for last month. I did not do it. Didn't even come close. I actually had the, the backlog ready to go. I was right there. I thought, yeah, I've, I've got this. Not a big deal. I had everything planned out. I had meticulously written up these lists. I had already, there's a ton of footage that I just didn't end up using. Some of it was just, um, because I didn't always want to be just me on the camera. You know, I'm not, I'm not crazy. I'm not an egotist. I'm not anything like that. And I wasn't concerned if people thought I was or not, but I thought, you know, I want to be able to put my artwork front and center and not just my opinion, not just my face every single time. People get enough of that from other content creators on TikTok. I don't need to go down that route. And so I had done things where I was emphasizing more on doing voiceover or, you know, utilizing descriptive story parts to talk about the artwork that I have for the world of Ardor or Pagan Zoetrope or past projects of any other kind that I had. I was getting pretty good interaction and, you know, the, it, it did lead to people going and checking out my Etsy store and other things like that. But the rewards were not mounting the same, the, the, the return on investment, God, that sounds so corporate, um, just wasn't there. And I think that, well, no, I know that the intense burnout, it just finally was getting to me. I mean, because truthfully, how much longer could I keep doing that? And, you know, it's not just, you know, like some of the things I'll do to keep track of what I'm going through includes journaling, includes talking to a therapist about every two to three weeks or so. Um, it also talks, it also takes a lot of me, you know, noting things down. So not journaling, but writing down things and dealing with it in the moment. I had recently learned about a process where a bad feeling are, from what I understand, biologically, our bodies are very, you know, flight or fight in most things. You know, I mean, we are mammals. We are, you know, we did evolve to where we are and. Sure, we have higher brain functions and other things like that, but still at a most rudimentary level, there's moments in our lives when we will either build walls, filters, or just selective hearing, whatever it is to cope with things. But we all have these moments that'll happen in life. And it could be something like you're underprepared for a meeting, or maybe you just forgot about a meeting, or, you know, you met, you shot through a deadline, or maybe you know, you break your favorite coffee mug or things just start to get overwhelming in general, no matter what it is. And I know from my own personal experience, you know, in a given day, sometimes I'm having a really bad day. It could be a number of things. It could be like, oh my God, you know, like, and I'll use some, I'll use some actual examples here for you guys. So you'll understand what I'm talking about. Like, um, my parents' dog more than likely possibly has cancer growing in his back right leg. And whenever I go to visit my parents, it's that thing of like, how's he doing? You know, cause my parents are kind of, they're older and they're a little bit, you know, removed in how they deal with things. They're just kind of more matter of fact and like, well, you know, what else can we do? And, and, and that's a very fair and valid point. I mean, he's a geriatric dog and, and that sort of thing, but I never really 
let go of that because I always feel like I have some methodology, some concept of that that I can control when sometimes, most of the time, I just don't. And so using that as an example, I've started doing this technique where I will not just note what I'm doing, you know, at that moment, like, okay, I'm beginning to panic or I'm beginning to freak out or get anxiety or be sad or angry. I give myself a 90 second window, roughly about two minutes or so where I selfishly allow myself to wallow in that moment. And then I do something that I had never really considered before. I remove myself from it. Now, I know that sounds weird, but it's also based on something else that a therapist had told me about one time, which is where you can, and, and the, I, I know I've talked about this before in other videos and, and stuff, but so there's these containers and bear with me on this. I know it gets a little weird. There are these containers that are sitting about, uh, two, three feet from me. And they are these stainless steel containers. If you're a watercolor painter, you know what I'm talking about. They got the locking tops on them and everything. Very secure, super watertight. You can carry your water with you out to a field, whatever. And um, so those became the, the, the real visual metaphors for these mental containers where I can take something and put it in there, lock it away, and then deal with it later. Now, that is fine, but sometimes, depending on where you are, and I know I found this to be true because, you know, and this happened before at shows or just even in corporate meetings or whatever the case was. Had I known what I'm about to tell you, I probably would have had very, very different um, end results. So what I end up doing is I allow myself to deal with that issue and face it, right? Which is hard enough in a, on its own. That's a, that's a whole nother thing that I don't even have time to get into. But I've gotten to the point to where I can just go, okay, it's here and there's nothing I can do about it. I'm not attempting to face it. It just manifested. It's here. And it's a scenario of just eat the frog and get it over with. So as soon as about a minute or two passes by and I allow myself that, that spectrum of just angst or anger, sad, whatever it is, okay? I then allow myself to literally step back away from myself. And it's almost like painting something or drawing or whatever. Maybe, you know, you're building some shelving and you stop for a second. And what do we do? We step back, take a couple of real physical steps backwards and take a look at what's there in front of us. Right. And then that gives you, that gives you a better idea of where you are. If you, if you approach a drawing, a pencil drawing, and I've done this before, you know, that whole thing where like, I'm, I'm grabbing my light pen. I know you can't see this. I haven't decided to start doing video versions of these yet, but you, you know, I'm grabbing my, my Wacom tablet pen and I'm all crunched up on the, on the, uh, on the point. So if it was a wooden pencil, you know, like what, when will you take tests and you're really into it and you're trying to fill that little circle in and you're just, cause you're not holding it on the metal of the pencil or you're stressed out about that algebra test. It's like. What is X? What is the value of X? And, and when that happens, um, you know, you're at that high point of just of anger and confusion and just anxiety or whatever. Um, what I end up doing is separating myself, stepping back from it, whether it's metaphorically, you know, however you want to really label this, but mentally allow myself to step back and look at what's happening. So in that, I'm able to say, you know what? I walk the dog every single time I come to visit. I spend time with him. I 
I appreciate that he's still able to run up to the fence and see me. I really can't control the fact that, you know, my parents are getting older as well. And they don't necessarily see a reason to take him for a walk. I mean, there's a whole bunch to unpack with that. But I also understand that, you know, the the older I get and the more I study and the more I read things, you know, books on, you know, history, on things like fencing and, uh, you know, warfare or life in general, there's a wonderful line that Vizzini says in The Princess Bride where he said where he's talking to the man in black and uh he said you know you bested my spaniard so which means you've studied and in studying you became you began to understand that man is mortal so i clearly cannot choose the wine in front of you since a, a smart man would put the poison as far from him as he possibly could and i always thought about that line when i was a kid and in case anyone's wondering if um if I haven't already entertained you guys at some event or something and been asked about <laughs> what my favorite movie is, I will never shut up about The Princess Bride. It is literally my favorite movie. I will. I hope on my deathbed someday that's the movie I go out watching. I'm not even kidding. It means that much to me. Um, I've never forgiven myself that I did not go to meet Carrie Elwes at Planet Comic Con when he was here. I'm hoping he comes back. Um, this just uh, it, it's just a failure on my own part anyway <laughs> digressing now here's that's another issue i'm going to definitely have to put into a container and then deal with that so um but stepping back and being able to look at the problem allows me to encapsulate it and it's kind of like when somebody sees you going and and having either a fit or an issue or a problem or breaking down you know you i almost kind of allow myself to be that person when I do that, then I'm able to go, you know what, here are the realities. I may not like them. I may not be able to necessarily cope with them, but here they are. And is there anything I can really do about them? Well, if there is, then what is that? And it's taken me quite a bit of time to get to that level of understanding with myself. Um, a recent bit of interest in things like stoicism has helped. Meditation has definitely helped, but at its bare minimum, when that stuff flies out the window for whatever stress related reason you might suddenly be faced with, the easiest, the easiest thing I have found to do is to try and separate myself from that moment. Like just give into it for just a little bit, just a minute or two, right? And let that function go through. And our body, from what I understand, is really trying to like get that out of you because nobody wants to feel crappy all the time. I mean, unless it's your goth phase and I guess that's okay, but it's a phase, right? <laughs> I mean, at the same time, like, I mean, and, and this is a weird thing because decidedly most artwork and stuff that I create is darker and, you know, in its thematic aspects. And, um, I, I tend to like things like that. I mean, I'm not talking like everything I like is all hot topic and Tim Burton stuff, but I tend to like things that are a bit more morose or a bit more, um, you know, just dour or just, you know, melancholy. I, I like that. But I also have to be able to understand and realize that there's a point where that can also become, it, bec it becomes a, a, a crutch or a weight, sometimes both. And it can certainly happen to me and it can even happen to people that maybe have a much more positive outlook. Um, I'm not going to go into names, but there's a, a cosplayer I follow that um, she had a wonderful video 
about something called toxic positivity. Now, I know, I know, I know the word toxic is very much almost kind of a trigger thing. And if if you're a bit more conservative, you hear that and you're like, ah, it's not toxic. It's just you're not willing to deal with things or whatever. And we're not here to I'm not here to, to you know, talk about any of that stuff. What I am here to talk about is the fact that when she did this video, it absolutely made sense. It was completely and totally something I did not understand. She has a very um, happy and uh, positive demeanor. And in the few times that I've had a chance to talk to her at shows or things like that in passing, um, we don't uh, we don't really know each other that well at all. We've got some friends, I believe, in common um, through, you know, fan groups and stuff like that and that sort of thing. And maybe some exchanges online, you know, but that that's about it. So this also allowed me to be able to separate myself when I was watching the video and go, okay, you know, I don't really have a personal attachment to this in any way aside from, you know, knowing her as just somebody who's, you know, a pretty well-known person in the, in, in, you know, the comics and pop culture fandom area. She's a great, you know, cosplayer, costumer, very cre great creative uh, spirit and everything. But when she started talking about how she was going through a lot of problems where there was this overwhelming stuff that that she found herself putting to the side, you know, um, it was. And if you guys want to know exactly who this is, feel free to message me and I'll I can send you a link or I can tell you exactly who it is. I just feel funny sharing it because it seemed like a very personal thing. But she did share this via video and opened up about it. I just always feel funny, like kind of it's not it's not doxing per se, but just saying, hey, go check out this very personal message that may or may not have been meant for a wider audience. So that being said, you know, it was one of those things where when I watched the video, it really hit me. I hadn't even really thought about the concept of toxic positivity to where when you're inundated with things like, you know, anything negative that starts to come in, you just that the, your first reaction is I'm going to rally to this. I'm just going to go. Yeah. You know what? You're not going to get me down. I'm going to stand up for this. I'm going to be positive. Maybe not as cheesy as I just came off sounding, but you get what I mean, right? You get it, right? Right? <laughs> and and so when when um when she does this, she genuinely does come off that way. Where, um, not cheesy. I mean, like really genuinely happy and prosperous and positive. And I marvel at people like that because that's not me. I, I don't have that. You know, I've, I've even had people tell me that um, which this one of the best, one of the best um, compliments I ever got was. Uh, this, this fellow, I met him at a zine fest some years ago who he reads my blog and every once in a while he sends me, you know, feedback on things and stuff. And, and I, I don't know, I don't know what it is I'm doing, but he always tells me, you know, you write like Anthony Bourdain, who is a huge personal hero of mine. Um, rest in peace, dude. The world is not the same without you. And, um, and, and so, but that even he had a very realist, very down to earth sort of, you know, um, there was always a little bit of a undertone of darkness and reality and grittiness to how he wrote. And I aspire to that because I believe that if I'm going to take the time to tell you guys something and, and you want to listen to me, I'm hoping that I'm coming across genuine and honest and real because I, I don't have another setting. I, I just don't, I don't have any reason to put any other, you know, um, mirages up there. I mean, I have enough insecurities and other weird shit I got to deal with. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to add to that, you know? Um, and we've got so short a time on this world. Why would I want to 
you know, not, you know, be completely honest if I could be with people. I, I, you know, every, everybody hides behind something, but I try my best, you know? And so even in things like this, that's exactly what it is. So I was very taken aback by the fact she came forward in her video and did exactly that and had always seemed to do that no matter what. But she fully admitted to this toxic positivity that she was doing to the point to where it was manifesting physically in negative ways for her, um, health wise, mentally, just emotionally, all these things. And it was, it was quite the roller coaster ride of a video to listen to. Um, because not only is she extremely, um, well-versed in, in just pres presenting what she was talking about her, her delivery on the whole thing was so sublimely on point and it was com just completely bluntly honest. And I loved it. And it, it really went into that whole venue. You walked through, through this maze with her on what she had gone through and what she was dealing with. And it made me realize that, you know, we end up putting a lot of our walls, whether it's in toxic positivity or it's in negativity and insecurity for ourselves, we end up building these walls, which, you know, a uh, big surprise, you know, that's a surprise to nobody. <laughs> you know, we all deep down know that because the hardest person to be honest with is that person in the mirror. And we can, we can lie to other people. We, we do it. All of us do it to some extent, you know, what you see online is a small percentage. It is a window into who the person is online. When we are at work, there are certain things that, you know, I'll give you a perfect example. When I was still working at Hallmark, there were always things that I felt like, even if I knew the people really well, and I had two really good friends that worked there with me in my area. Even if that was the case, I didn't always feel like I could be 100% open or honest or completely transparent with how I felt about things because, and, and this is more my own doing than anything else. I had plenty of walls that I built up from just insecurity. Um, I, I never really got the idea that my opinion was that valid or necessary. And thankfully, you know, I had you know, other people that I was friends with in other departments and stuff like that, that, you know, I went to lunch with, or I just met in the hallways or something. And, and they would help me over a lot of that. And, you know, it wasn't that there was anything bad with where I was working or the two people that were friends of mine, not that at all. It was more along the line that I could see where I was putting inhibitors on myself and that if something went wrong, I didn't always challenge it. I just kind of wrote it out because I was so tired emotionally. I was so worn out. And to be quite honest, by this point in time, I was completely just broken down by seeing, you know, what the company was becoming. It's one of those things where like you get hired somewhere and, you know, I've gone in depth with this before, but you, you see things happen and you want to be able to do something about it. You want to be able to go, man, I, I don't like how this is going. I want to be able to be helpful or maybe outspoken or stand up for something. But as many of us know, no matter where you work, it isn't always the smartest thing to do. It's just not. Um, this is the same company that I got sent to HR because I criticized the lateral movement I was giving by... Uh, saying that's just another that's literally a synonym way of saying you know uh here's more responsibility on the left move the hell out of the way that's literally what it is it's giving you more responsibility and 
and more bullshit you have to deal with, but you're out of my way. And, you know, after years of that, you, um, you know, I, I cannot say that my experience was mirrored by many other people. Everybody, everybody, no matter who works for a company has a different experience at different places. But it finally got to me so much that I was starting to self-doubt my own abilities, um, how much of a meritus factor it was for my own career, for my mental health, everything like that. And even then waiting and, and just parsing out time, hoping that there would be some compensation for my patients for trying to learn, for just even trying to hold out. And... You know, it, it was literally the carrot dangling in front of the, you know, the donkey as he pulls a cart that keeps changing and the weight is shifting and things are dropping off and some things are being forgotten and, you know, changing the path all the time. And I'm throwing metaphors out there because if I actually talked about half of the stuff, like you guys would be bored out of your mind. But, <laughs> I, you know, that was definitely something where I allowed those walls to manifest within myself and those issues to really grow on the outside. And I didn't do anything about them. I didn't, I didn't know how to deal with that. I would just go along and, you know, hope for the best. I didn't really know where it was going to go. And so I know now, and it's, it's crazy, right? You know, um, looking back, you know, um, they always say, what, what is it? Looking back is 2020 or something. Um, I, I think it's still a bit fuzzy to quote Megadeth. Uh, it's weird because I know that if I had some of the coping mechanisms that I have now, which by the way, I, at that point in time, I wasn't even really able to do that, um, to have been able to do therapy and be able to have been halfway successful at it. I think literally took me being reduced from a full-time employee to a part-time employee to being unemployed and then coming back, working for a while, COVID hitting, and then me being relegated to about three to five hours of work a week. And that was it because of budgets. And, you know, even if the company said they were making money hand over fist, that wasn't going in my portfolio. That wasn't going in my pocket. And it certainly wasn't heading in the budgets of any departments that, you know, I was involved with. So because of that, you know, and again, this isn't talking bad about anybody that I worked with there. I understand it. And there's plenty of professionals there that probably deserve way more recognition than they're ever going to get. And, I hope they get that. I hope they, I hope it works out for them. But for me, it was finally something where the first thing that I did, and I, I remember the day that it happened, I was staring at a laptop and I think I actually touched on this on my last podcast. I don't remember if I did or not. Um, but I was staring at a laptop that belonged to Hallmark and I realized how much of a, of a dead weight it felt like. I barely turned it on unless I got some work. Um, when I did, I had to suddenly update everything. There were times my password expired, you name it. It was just, but it was also forgetting what I did for work there. It was just a lot of things that I was like, this isn't working out as much as I'd like it to, as much as I fought tooth and nail to even get onto Hallmark initially through originally working contract. And then, you know, over the years, you know, with, through people's help, getting back in there and doing stuff, it finally felt like I needed to make the move and change that dynamic, change that direction for myself. I've worked a lot of jobs in my life and a lot of them, either the places had to go out of business or I was fired. And I'm just being completely honest. 
That's how I would leave those jobs. There was only one or two prior to this that I can think of where I'm like, yeah, I'm done. It just isn't working. Or I could tell that my mental health and everything else was about to completely fall apart. And where I am now, I'm happier than I've ever been. But it took me years to get here. And it also took me not peppering anything with what, what, what I didn't know was named this at that time, but toxic positivity. And I also don't try and come off, you know, in social media as that either, because I understand how much that affects me taking this full circle back around to dealing with presenting yourself on social media. I also don't try to lie to myself on there because the truth is, is like, but, but at the exact same time, there's also this thing about, and I've seen some people do this. Thankfully, nobody that I know in person or really know well or that I follow. But the whole humble brag aspect of like, you know, kind of saying you work hard at the same time that you don't really want to admit that you work hard, but you're talking about it. And that's a weird flex to me. Like, be proud that you work hard, but understand that working hard is not your identity per se. I mean, it can define people. Sure. But that isn't who you are as a person. I would like to think that if you are the world's best plumber, you're also an interesting person outside of that. Just like I hope that I'm at least somewhat charismatic or at least not insufferable <laughs> whenever people meet me that I'm that. And that's something that I think about all the time. And it allows me to be honest with myself. And and but it took me a long time to get here. So, I, you know, I guess the really weird part about this this particular episode is that um it, it's taken me a while to even get comfortable doing things like this podcast. If you listen to the early stuff, number one, I'm sorry. <laughs> Not because you're doing it. I'm grateful. Thank you very much. And some, some of you guys have had some great fun <laughs> at my expense. And I deserve that for some of the really weird stuff I put on in the early episodes. And I always disjointed as hell. But I, I really have found that being able to talk about where I am and what I'm doing with this stuff has been a big help. It's really, um, it's really redefined where I'm heading and what I'm doing. And when I have moments of like, oh, I, you know, I need to get more sales on Etsy or man, I haven't been posting to TikTok, or I haven't done a video game playthrough or, you know, just whatever. It helps me get past the insecurities that I'm suffering through with that and allows me to have at least a stable base to look at and step back from, you know, and, and, and look at things and go, well, this is what it really is. And we have a weird way of dealing with grief anyway. The majority of people, we can't, I know this is going to sound weird and, and I'm not, I'm not going to put this in the same, um, the same container. I'm going to use that word for this as depression because it really is clinical depression is its own thing. But there's a, there's a concept that I also think about where I'm like, I can't be sad all the time. I, I've gone through this before when I've, you know, I've had friends that have um, passed away, um, pets, you know, people I've known have been in maybe a bad accident or they've gone through some horrible financial downturns or, you know, with myself, if I'm like, you know, there've been some months where it's lean and I'm struggling to pay bills or just whatever, something like that. But then I have to step back and look at this and go, yeah, but here's, here's the good things. You don't have like, and something I tell myself this all the time, and this is the most accurate and current one that I have. 
I don't ever want to have to walk down a bunch of cubicles again. I really don't. And that actually is the most liberating damn thing I could say right now. I do miss, there's things about like Hallmark and going to a job that I do miss. Um, and in fact, here's a weird thing. Um, one of my, one of the contracts that I work with, um, I occasionally have to do, I have to be on site, you know, and I go into a building and I sit at a little tiny cubicle and, and work away on things. I actually don't mind that because I know that that's not a permanent fixture in my life. It's just another new little bit of incursion that I, that I do to somebody else. And I, it's just a thing, you know, it's, it's, I know that I can walk away from that at some point in time later after a couple of days of it or what, or whatever. It's also a nice practice because in the event that I have to go back to that for some reason, at least I'm keeping fresh in that. And I know kind of how to function in that, but I've been home now long enough being freelance and thankfully had enough income coming in that, you know, it's, it's keeping me afloat. You know, am I able to go and do crazy things and spend money on stuff like I want? No, but it's also making me a little bit more frugal. And there's other positives from it that are allowing me to think about it and go, you know what? If you can refine your spending and your and your aspects like that and keep it toned down, then when money does start to come back in and you find a little bit more success, you'll be better prepared to either invest and or buy things more smart, smartly or save. So I always try and do things like that, where I'm looking back at what I'm going through and going, okay, there's a silver lining here, but it's not like everything's great and perfect. It's just that it will eventually get better. And that when it does get better, it's for real. So maybe that's the theme is keeping it real, I guess. Right. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. So we're going on 35 minutes now. Um, I wanted to go ahead and end this really quickly by saying that, um, with, um, with the whole thing with, with me stepping back from social media, um, for, for people that reached out to me about this, um, who do listen to this podcast. Um, first of all, for those of you that did reach out, thank you very much. Um, the notes and the messages and stuff like that were great. I honestly just stepped back for a while because, it was just getting to be too much. And I felt like if I really want to get my projects done, if I have this other contract work and, and other things that I'm getting paid for to do, I, I just, I felt like I couldn't, like I couldn't focus correctly. Like I was just spreading myself too thin. And that's a really weird feeling whenever, because there's this whole thing about hustle culture, boy, that could be a whole other thing. And in fact, that might be my next podcast that that can really get to you it can wear you down to where you're like you know because there is this whole misnomer this whole just misguided concept that like you know i'm so busy well let me check my phone yeah i have to check my phone because sometimes you know things pile up on the same day but it's not because i'm as busy as i once was it's just not and i realized you know the biggest lie i told myself all the time like especially when i was younger and i'd be working three jobs at the same time, sometimes, what was I doing that for? What was I running from? Or what was I hoping to achieve that I still didn't? I, and, and because of that, it also, I think sometimes there, there was a fellow that, um, he also recently quit his job actually about three months before I did. And he was talking about in his podcast, how one of the things he realized was that he was preparing for this weird plateau of perfection and he was also, though, blinded by how much time was actually going by 
because of the day-to-day job he was working. He didn't realize that there was more gray, you know, creeping into his beard, that he was getting a little older, that his kids were getting older, that, you know, time was passing. He just didn't see it, you know, because like, you know, working for the weekend, you know, every Friday, oh, aren't we glad it's Friday? Thank goodness it's Friday, you know. And there is something to be said about having that rhythmic pattern and having that stability. Some people are fine with it. But I really appreciated where he came from because I was explaining in one circumstance, a comment I made back to him, like, you know, um, you know, about how I had some insecurities about that, you know. But at the same time, there was this revelation that happened to me that I felt like, yeah, I'm nervous about some stuff like income and healthcare and things like that. But I'm also way more mentally stable than I have been in a while with my emotions, with how I view things. And if I didn't have that, I'd really be in trouble because I could see where I was going with that. And I I didn't like it. I really didn't. And at the exact same time that some people can really, you know, grow and be okay in a position where they're in an office or they're doing that sort of thing. I just can't believe it took me a few decades to figure that out for myself, that I wasn't happy in those circumstances, but I kept convincing myself that I would be because I was consistent consistently trying to measure up to other people's standards and ideologies of what or who I should be. And that is a damning self-own in so many ways. Now that I say that out loud, good God. Oh my God. Um, wow. Yeah. That, and I, I really, actually, I can't believe I said that out loud, but that it's the truth. I mean, being completely honest, that is very true. And, uh, it, it, it ends up in a circumstance where, Knowing that and, and, you know, having said it to myself privately before and never on a podcast, but saying it out loud like that, it built up, you know, it was just one of those things where I, it was coming to a head and I was like, you know what, I have to do something about this. And, um, and I, and I do believe that there, that everybody has those moments in their life where something finally has to go, you know what, I'm just going to give it a try. This is going to be uncomfortable as hell, but isn't where I am currently already uncomfortable as hell. So there's that, you know, anyway, I think that's enough for tonight. (laughs) Oh my God. Thank you so much guys for listening and, uh, you know, for consistently listening to these episodes. I'm really floored by the comments that you guys will message me and email me and, and, uh, sometimes text me. That's great. Um, it's a trip. I really appreciate it so much. And it's a lot of fun doing this. This has been really cathartic, too, um, in a lot of other ways. And um, if you don't already know, and if you're listening to this for the first time, welcome and thank you for listening. I should have said that at the beginning. But, um, again, I am Mario the Artisan Rogue. This is Radio 74. You can find me on all kinds of social media, including plenty that I have long forgotten the logins for. But the main ones would be my website at theartisanrogue.com. You can also find me under that username on Etsy, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok. And I've got content that varies on all of them. They're all different. I don't reshare stuff very often. Um, And you can check out a lot of really cool stuff on Etsy. That's my main storefront now. I've deactivated my other one. I had some people ask me about that. Like, hey, are you still doing your other... EC Wood Store, no, I'm not, but there still seems to be some problems on my Facebook page about that, so I'm not sure what's going on there. Anyway, thank you so much for 
uh, listening. I said watching. You can't see me. You can't see me. You can't see me. I've had some people say, I kind of want to watch you do the podcast. I'm like, nobody wants to watch me for like 30 minutes talking to a microphone. That just nothing about that seems fascinating unless I'm playing a video game or something. I would feel like I had to have some art visual and draw. And I tried doing that. I tried vlogging for a while doing that. It just, it just didn't work. All right. Now I really am going to shut up. Thank you for listening. And I will catch you in the next episode. <laughs> Try to make that sound interesting at the end or a little more NPR. And it didn't work. God damn it.